This is the Timber and Steel Podcast. Here we take on topics ranging from fitness, nutrition, and mindset, and we make them relevant to regular people just like us. So sit back, relax, and I hope you learn something. Jenny. Clayton. Here we are. It's Friday. It's Friday. We're recording. It's the first Friday of the month. Is it? So that means no pants Friday. I am wearing pants. Me too. That's, um, we got a lot of windows in this building. (laughs) We do. And, um, on a main, a main street though, being without pants could be a problem. Could be. Could be. I don't, I don't know what the rules are around that and the laws. I don't know if the police would come down here or not, but I'm not going to find out. Yeah. No. We were just discussing how you couldn't figure out how to set up the mic <laughs> and you didn't think about moving your chair uh-huh. though you moved it and you said that you were tired yeah your brain wasn't uh, wasn't functioning are you more tired than than usual yeah yeah sleep's been a little bit lacking yes as of late. yeah as of late. Well, let's talk about sleep today all right see what i did there it was a yeah, beautiful that's, transition that's a really good and transition. the listeners wouldn't even know it was planned <laughs> except for i had to stop and say that i i I did that all, all that on purpose. Uh, all right. Well, we'll talk about sleep. Why are we talking about sleep? Because oh, it's so important. Oh, good grief. It is. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I've had nights of sleep that I, I go to bed at 830, get up at with a plan of getting up sometime after six, around around six-ish. So this gives me plenty of time, like 10 hours in bed, nine and a half hours in bed. And I get like two hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. And the next day, I am just worthless. Yeah. I can't string two words together. I have no energy. I can't function. I find myself like feeling almost as though I've had a little bit to drink. Like just a little bit. I have a friend named Sherry that would say she was too fast for the room. <laughs> I like it. But yeah, it just like without enough sleep, everything about how we just generally function is is kaput. Correct. So, need it. Why do, why do we, I don't know, why? Well, let's start with, what do, what do you think, I've, I've been looking, how much sleep do you think we really should be getting? My guess would be somewhere between 8 and 10. Yeah. So, for 18 to 24 years of age is 8 to 12. And then anywhere over that was... Eight to ten hours of sleep a night. How many people do you think actually are in bed long enough to get eight hours of sleep? They're in bed for oh, eight hours. Probably less than fifty percent. Yeah, I, I have no idea how to be accurate on that, but yeah, that would be my gut feeling. Yeah, that people aren't even in bed long enough to allow right for eight hours. Yeah, and that's what I was seeing. So I was reading a lot on what means what does sleep mean? What does quality sleep mm-hmm. mean? And it kept talking about the number of hours, but like mm-hmm. you said, the number of hours, I could lay in bed for 12 hours, but what does that actually mean? Yeah. So yeah, you are right on it. I doubt people are even in a bed yeah. for eight hours. Yeah. When we start talking about sleep, we're talking about the amount of sleep, but then you just mentioned the quality of sleep. Yeah. We've yeah. got to have both of those things. We can talk about how to achieve those things, but... Yeah, you've got to, you've got to at least, if you need to get eight hours of sleep, Mm -hmm. 
then you're going to need to be in bed for at least nine hours. You've got to carve out nine hours before you go, before you're supposed to get up. That's when you need to be in bed because there's going to be some tossing and turning and some waking up in the night and like not falling asleep immediately. Like you got to allow for that. And when we say in bed, that also means lack of blue light. Just the lack of light, lack of noise. Like, yeah, like in bed with the purpose of going yes. to sleep, not sitting there looking at your screen or Correct. reading a book. Or... Correct. So I read, I was reading all these different articles, mm-hmm. like yeah. how to get better quality of sleep. And the thing that kept coming up was the length of time you're in bed mm-hmm. with the caveat. No, because we all do it. Get mm-hmm. into bed and then you aimlessly scroll. Mm-hmm. But they were saying up to 90 minutes of no blue light before you actually start to sleep. So trying to turn off any of that external stimuli. Yeah. Yeah. And I, um, recently it was, and I was listening to another podcast and I did not follow up and find the study or anything, but they were talking about how the more and more they study this blue light thing, the more they're realizing that that is not as much of a problem as they thought it was. Oh, okay. But it's still being on your phone, scrolling through through things. There are these like dopamine sorts of things. Like there's yeah. other things happening other than just the blue light that are going to keep you awake and keep you wanting to stay doing that even longer. That, that They didn't say that the blue light was like not harmful or not a problem in keeping you awake at all, but it was maybe a little bit less than they, than they thought. But would, also I didn't follow that up. So that could all be just one study that was, that would be actually interesting know. to see like, what is the caveat more? Yeah. Is it the brain stimulation or is it the actual blue light yeah. being brain stimulating? Yeah. And or both. Yeah. Because I, I find for myself, I often, can take the best naps and I will fall asleep on the couch. If we're sitting there watching something, I will fall asleep with the like all the rest of the lights off, big huge TV screen shining, shining blue light in my face. Like I just mm-hmm. I'm out. But if I've got even the smallest bit of a a thought or a problem I'm trying to solve, any sort of mental stimulation at all, I yeah. will be awake all night. Agreed. Yeah, which is we can, we can talk about that. We'll get we'll get there. See how we can figure out how to how to deal with that. So we've talked like quantity. We need this. Mm-hmm. So many people are like, yeah, but I I get by like I do fine with six. I'm good with four hours. People say that. Mm-hmm. Did you in in your research? Did you find like any like list of these are the things that don't function as well yeah. when you have less sleep? Yeah. Let's let's hear about those things. So. I mean, we don't need to get like go down the rabbit hole of the different cycles of sleep, but honestly, majority of your sleep should be in your REM cycle, which is the rapid eye movement, Mm -hmm. which is your deepest stage of sleep. And essentially what happens there is our brains at our computers download everything that has happened during the day, thoughts, body movement patterns that you learn concepts, emotions, all of that gets downloaded and your hard drive reboots at that time. If we don't reboot enough, that's when we can start seeing 
medical issues that can come down mm-hmm. if we have prolonged period of time without a good adequate amount mm-hmm. of sleep. And that can be cardiovascular disease, pre-diabetic, mm-hmm. endocrine issues, and mood stabilizers. And the biggest thing though is even if you don't get enough sleep, yes, you can be awake, but your performance the next day is not at par. Yeah. And they kept saying that over and over. Even though you think you might be okay on those six hours of sleep, yeah. your performance daily reduces significantly. Yeah. So you're getting by. Yeah. But you don't know how great you could be. Yeah. Because you're like, I'm getting by. I'm, I'm fine. But yeah. you could be better. Mm-hmm. I've heard several things, and I wish I had like, hey, super scientific. Here's, here's where to go cite my site, my sources, but basically like having less than adequate sleep over one night can possibly play huge impact on your insulin sensitivity the next day. It can reduce your reaction time. Mm -hmm. So like you won't be as safe of a driver or other things, but, and all of those things are important and are everyday lives are important, Mm -hmm. but we're also a gym. And so this idea of we're here to pursue fitness, we're like a lack of sleep is what I would call an adaptation error. Like Mm -hmm. we're trying to challenge our bodies in the gym. We're trying to fuel our bodies properly with food so that by those powers combined, we improve our fitness. We get stronger, faster, fitter. If we aren't sleeping enough, our body does not have all the things it needs to perform that adaptation cycle okay. of when, when we're sleeping, it, the muscles remodel. Mm-hmm. Our brain shuts down and mm-hmm. reboots as you were just talking about, right? It allows us to bring our reaction times back up so we can move faster, move quicker and put more into our next training day next training session so if we're constantly a little bit slower even if we're not like really sleep deprived but even just a couple hours Mm -hmm. going instead of eight you're getting six um like that's going to limit your performance and if your performance is limited in training you're gonna you've got you've got a double-edged sword of where the adaptation's not happening while you're sleeping because things aren't remodeling the way that they should and then you're not able to put as much into the next training session because you're at a little bit of a deficit. Yep. So if the goal of being in the gym is to get better, mm-hmm. why are you hamstringing yourself or holding yourself back by not sleeping enough? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of comes down to the, the thing. And that's a question we ask athletes all the time. Yeah. Because we, we can see it. Yeah. But they'll sometimes make comments about themselves and we have to remind them, Hey, how, mm-hmm. how's your sleep been? And it's like that, a very dim light bulb. Yeah. A little delayed goes off mm-hmm. that they, Oh yeah. Yeah. I've been sleeping great. Yeah. So it's almost like if we haven't been sleeping enough, it's in the terms of change, physical change, adaptation. Yeah. It's almost pointless to work out. Almost. I mean, there's lots of other benefits of just getting stress out and moving yeah, your body yeah. and that sort of stuff. But in the way of actual like training and getting an adaptation mm-hmm. and improving fitness, mm-hmm. if you're constantly 
underslept. Yeah. It, the training is really not doing as much as it could. And Correct. so that could be a reason for a plateau or just no progress at all. Yeah. Vice versa. So we talked a little bit about quantity, yeah. making sure you're in bed long enough. Yeah. And then we, there's also the quality conversation. And we can talk mm-hmm. about that, but then there's that kind of where the two kind of meet up is that there's practices that you can do to try to increase your quality. Mm-hmm. But in doing that, it may also increase the quantity of, of total. So what does quality of sleep mean? That you're actually getting into that restful yeah. sleep. Yeah. So there's like three, there's three or, or four. Yeah. I think it depends on yeah. kind of how they divide it up of levels of sleep. And we go through those cycles multiple times and it's like an hour and a half or so. I can't remember exactly how long it is of like our body goes through these different cycles and we want to see multiple cycles throughout the night mm-hmm. and getting into each of those different levels of, of sleep. Yep. If we don't do that, then our quality is not as great. Or if there's a lot of interruptions, like a yeah. lot of like we come in those cycles, instead of coming back to like a lighter sleep, we come fully awake mm-hmm. in that cycle or we get interrupted before mm-hmm. we get to all those. Those are going to be the things that kind of in, in, impact our quality. Mm-hmm. What are some things, I mean, unless, unless you have something to add no. there, no. I guess. What are some things that you've noticed personally that will Im- impact your quality of sleep, like behaviors that make it better or, or worse? To make it, we'll start with worse. It's definitely like my stress level okay. makes it hard for me to put my brain down. Okay. Like you said, you get one little thought and then mm-hmm. boom. I'm done. I'm done because I yeah. just can't take that thought. I can't take that thought hat off and put it on the side table. So I would say stress is probably one or drinking caffeine too late in the day. Your beautiful wife has me on a, she's turned me to the dark side of nice dark coffees and mm. things. <laughs> so, and then sometimes it's what I eat mm-hmm. too. Yeah. But if those things are all good, some things that help me improve is the length of time in bed, for sure, without mm-hmm. external stimuli, the temperature of the room. Yeah. Room with the temperature has got to be a little on the cooler side. Mm-hmm. And what was the other thing? I mean, the obvious is like making sure you have all the right stuff, <laughs> making sure you're comfortable. Yeah. And I do meditation every night before I go to bed, too. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I notice, so I'm, I wear an Apple watch. I track my, my sleep when I remember to charge my watch before I go to bed. So it's not all, but the things that I notice that impact my quality of sleep throughout the night, and it is like clockwork. It is the same, the same stuff. If I've had caffeine after like 4 PM, um, I'm in trouble. I haven't noticed a difference in like total caffeine consumed during the day. It's just like after a certain time, mm-hmm. that I, I know it's a problem, but that could be a problem for other people. Like just total caffeine mm-hmm. throughout the day. If I have had any alcohol at all, I do not ever get into that full deep sleep. 
I will go through cycles and I can mm-hmm. see the pattern on my phone. Like it tracks the cycle, yeah. but it never goes into deep sleep. Mm. If I've had even, even one drink. So, and then the biggest thing that impacts my quality is, is stress and like trying to solve problems and I can't shut my brain off. So there's, well, we can talk about like how, here's some things that we can solve these things with. I don't, I don't have a solution, but, um, exercises, I think if I did them consistently, they would probably mm-hmm. be better for handling some of that stuff. But I do keep a notebook near my bed really quickly. So if there's something that pops into my head that is like, here's something I need to remember to do, mm-hmm. or I need to come back to this and solve this problem, like writing it down often is enough to let my brain let go of it. So, okay, it's captured somewhere. I don't have to hold on to it in my yeah. brain right now. Yeah. Sometimes the the problem seems way too big for that and that I just need to take all that time to, to yeah. solve it before I can go to sleep. But now that we're done with our big project, this new building, I've had less of those nights, but I still have them from, from time to time. So how often, I guess... Do you have a, so you kind of listed the things that keep you awake. How often do you have those, those nights? It depends on, it, it depends on the week. Yeah. Is it mostly the stress related stuff mm, or? Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. But it also, you know, the other factor that it also depends on what time I get home from work. Mm, yeah. Cause like if I'm. You know, there's sometimes I get home at like 3.30 in the afternoon and I have more time to decompress yeah. from the day versus if I get home at 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. It takes me a lot longer to decompress. Those are the nights I notice yeah. I, like, I'm like i more stressed mm-hmm. when I get home later in the mm-hmm. day. So I try not to have too many of those. Like I try to be home. So that I have my unwind time. Yeah. So that would be, I think, the factor. Yeah. So I've noticed, and someone was mentioning this this morning, that if I work out like at our 6 p.m. class, yeah. it's too late for me to work out. I cannot kind of downregulate and get mm-hmm. calmed down and ready for bed by 8.30. Yeah. Like it's just not going to happen. Yeah. So I will lay there awake for a long time. So I can't work out late in the afternoons. There was some, something else. Oh, the the times where we do like a specialty course around here. And so yeah. I'm like coaching from seven to eight at night. And like I, I love coaching those things. I get really excited. There's a lot of excitement in just doing that and a lot of enjoyment. And so my wheels are spinning and like, yeah, going home after that. I At that point, I need, just need to go straight to bed because yeah. of how late it is. But I, I can't. Yeah. There's just too much going on in my mm-hmm. brain. So a lot of it is that mental stimulation, whether it's positive or like a negative stressor yeah. they're dealing with that will keep will keep me awake Absolutely. for sure. Yeah. So then we come into like how I think we've talked about this early on in the podcast or how all these different things, these different lifestyle factors mm-hmm. overlap. Mm-hmm. And now we're talking about stress is the thing that's keeping us from quality of sleep. Yeah. And so then it becomes how are we dealing with stress? Right. And one of the one of the great one of the great ways of like helping you your body and mind recover from stress is sleep. Yeah. So the fact that they yeah. are interdependent on each other is uh funny 
<laughs> and not in not funny because that makes it really hard. Yeah. Um, but what are some other things sleep wise that uh, would be helpful? You know, you talked about the temperature of the room and why it needed yeah. to be colder. Like what? Yeah. So as you start to sleep, your body temperature does drop. Mm-hmm. But over and over again, I saw, and I know for me personally, if it's too hot, then that just mm-hmm. aggravates me. Yeah. So I need to have like a nice cooler room. But that also cool in my brain also matches dark. So it kind mm-hmm. of brings that darkness in so that you're not having that light and heat stimulation. Yeah, I think even if your body temperature does drop a little bit, yeah. you're still under blankets. And so it's trapping. Yeah. That. So if your point, your body temperature is normally 97, like even if it drops a little bit, it's not going to drop a lot because that our body needs homeostasis. Mm-hmm. It, it holds that temperature really well. So, uh, it's still going to be, you know, close to 100 degrees under those those blankets. So dropping the temperature of the room down can help regulate that. Um, I learned this somewhere that like sometimes I'd, I'd overheat. I'm trying to figure out the right temperature in the room and I'd take the blankets off and I would be too cold and put the blankets on and be too hot. Put but foot out. Yeah, yeah, like so much of your temperature can be regulated through the bottoms of your feet. So yeah. just exposing the bottom of your feet to the air is enough to cool everything down and, and feel good i know they make these really cool like water circulating pads that go on your bed that will circulate cool water through your bed and can i help keep it cooler and i'm like i'm sure i would sleep really great on that but they're like thousands of dollars for this really cool temperature controlled Um, water who if you follow dr kelly star he uses one yeah and that's where i first learned it i was like oh that's like yeah when i was growing up we all had water bed and so it had a temperature controlled thing it would just it would warm up the water it wouldn't necessarily cool it down but you could turn it down to like so that the heater wasn't on the water bed and so in the summer it'd do that and so it would be a little bit a little bit cooler but i i don't know why my whole family had water beds it was the 80s (laughs) 80s and 90s oh the 80s it's a good time I'm able to list the two things. I'm able to list these things, and you are too, that like help mm-hmm. and hinder your sleep. Yeah. Being able to do that means that you've given it some attention. Yeah. And you've tried to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And then when you know the things that make a difference, you try to implement them, do the best you can with being consistent with that. I find this with a lot of people. They live a very unexamined life. And just in general, they just kind of go through the motions of things. But they don't take the time to, hey, let's keep a little sleep journal for a while. Yeah. Right? No, don't write down. I mean, you can write down your dreams if you want to. Not a dream journal. Sleep. <laughs> well, like, hey, what time are you going into bed? Like, write it down. What time did you get up? Write it up. And when you get up in the morning, like, how did that sleep feel? How yeah. many hours would you say that you actually just without even an actual like tracker, like how, what did you do before you went to bed? Mm-hmm. How was your day like? What was the day like? Like the, the subsequent day. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of keeping track of those things for a while and start to see patterns, recognize patterns, recognize behaviors that help and or hinder your sleep. I One thing that I've noticed about myself is if I don't eat enough before I go to bed, I won't feel... 
won't have like my stomach won't growl, won't be that kind of hunger, but there's enough like low grade hunger that it will keep me awake throughout the night. Something you just hit on that is a really good thing about a sleep journal is like, yes, I have my ebbs and flows with stress, but I was noticing for a long time, like probably about a two month stint that I still was not feeling rejuvenated. And I was watching my caffeine. I was watching what I was eating, like how many hours before bed, all these things. That is such, and we kind of touched base on it, like that also is an indicator for health too. Mm -hmm. And I actually brought this to my doctor and I was lacking something, a vitamin Mm. that even though I tried all the things that you just brought that up, like this was, I was, I'm deficient in a very important in, in B12 And if you don't have enough B12 also, no matter how much I slept, I wasn't getting that rejuvenation that I needed. So, but I was monitoring my sleep big Mm. time so that I could go and say, Hey, this is how many hours I've been in bed. Like I knew something was not right because I was able to reflect on that Mm -hmm. and I changed so much and nothing was working. So I love how you just brought up that sleep journal because it can be a really important tool that yeah. to help you put those puzzle pieces together. Yeah. And it may not only be a week that you have to keep right. track of stuff. Like there's so many variables yeah. Yeah. that can impact your sleep. And yeah. like we, it's rarely is it just one thing. Yeah. Often it's all the things and a little bit of them. And over time they kind of snowball into mm-hmm. like finding a new a rhythm that your body goes into and allows for for better sleep part of that rhythm is our body's awareness of daylight and Mm -hmm. and lack of daylight and nighttime if you spend all day indoors in a fluorescent lit building yeah your circadian rhythms like your body's general understanding of when daytime is and when nighttime is is not going to be right it's not going to work as well as it should so it's one of the things that helps me a lot is making sure that i get some outside time just a walk maybe it's a couple of short walks but one during the day when it's sunshine maybe another time a little bit later in the afternoon in the early evening so my body's getting those cues from the sun that hey this is the time to be awake and oh the sun's going down this is the time my body should start preparing for getting some sleep. Those sorts of things are built into just how we are as as beings, as mammals, as just part of our DNA. That's it's how we function. So, not spending time outside and like you're, it's going to be hard mm-hmm. to to get into a rhythm that allows for for good sleep. Mm-hmm. And you get vitamin D from being out in the sun, which yeah. is also helpful. Yeah. You mentioned yeah. your, your vitamin deficiency. Yeah. yeah. Like it, getting, getting that vitamin D is helpful mm-hmm. for that as well. Yeah. What do you think about naps? Oh gosh, I love a good nap. I wish my kids loved naps. I mean, okay. So when we were kids and we were forced to do naps, remember how much we hated them? 
Did you no, hate them as a kid? I don't know. I remember I have just a few memories of nap time at a yeah. daycare I was at. Yeah. And I just remember it being wonderful. Yeah. But I don't have very many memories of nap time, so. Well, or if you watch kids. Yeah. Like no, if I've, you have kids, have watch kids. kids yeah. And like you said, they don't like nap time. No. And now as an adult, we were like, we just would love mm-hmm. a nap quiet time in the mm-hmm. afternoon. I am pro naps. However, I limit the length of my naps so that you were talking about the circadian rhythm of our mm-hmm. body. Yeah. So that I'm not telling my body that this is the time to mm-hmm. fully yeah. shut down. So I really try to limit what the length of my naps are. Yeah. My naps are either 8, 12, or 20 minutes long. That's, that's amazing. You have you have three options also that you can get any sort of benefit out of eight minutes is is amazing. Um, the Navy SEAL. Yeah, I, you've mentioned this before. And yeah. I'm like this still it boggles my mind. Yeah, I have to do something like twenty. Yeah. as like a minimum. I don't. I unless I have nothing else going on, then I can take a longer nap. But yeah. I never have nothing else going on. There's always so much like I need to remember to be awake to go do this thing or mm-hmm. whatever. And I can't or I feel guilty. Oh, my goodness. Do I feel guilty if I take a nap? Yeah. And, I, and that's not cool. It's not cool. No. Um, person should be able to take a nap and not feel guilt. But there's just there's so much to do. Yeah. And so much of that is uh, you place all upon yourself. Like, nope. Like if I let something not get done for one more day or whatever, like it's not the end of the world. It's not gonna be a problem. I probably don't even need to do that thing anyway, but I still hold that responsibility If here's a thing I said I was going to do, or I've done before and I do it on this regular routine. I'm like, I'm supposed to do it on Thursday afternoons or whatever. So I've got to make sure I do it. This is when I do that thing. And so anyway, I can't allow myself to take a longer nap. Sure. Um, so yeah, normally if I'm going to get one, I love it. Is like sometimes on Mondays I pick up my kids from school and I don't have to coach till 5 p.m. So there's a time between like I pick them up around 3.30. Sometimes we'll get home about 4. So I've got about 40 minutes there that I can lay down, close my eyes, set a little alarm for like 40, 40 minutes and I will doze off for a little bit and I will be like, I'll be good for the come in and start coaching with some energy and yeah, it's yeah. I get those every once in a while, and that's yeah. pretty nice. But yeah, the long long naps I don't I don't get very often. Yeah, and I have a hard time taking them because I, I just kind of hold that that guilt about not doing the things I should be doing. Well, and that's when we go back to like if our body needs that nap, should we be taking it? The answer is probably yes because we'll probably be better for the next day. But yeah. Because they're like long naps aren't like, I think like long naps are like three hours long. Yeah. yeah. They're not often, but I try to really give myself that permission. Like, oh, your body needs this and you're probably going to be better. Because like you said, I can probably put doing this off till tomorrow, even though I want to do it. Maybe I would do it better because I take the advantage of the nap. Yeah. And I think sometimes I have the... I, I can give myself permission. Like, okay, I want to take a nap. Like, I need to take a nap. It'll be good. But then I know that there are 
my wife is like doing the dishes yeah or something yeah. like that yeah. and whether she she would never say anything she would never make me feel bad about taking a nap um but i know she's just as tired as i am and she yeah. wants to take a nap and she's just plugging through the day doing stuff and, yes um and so there there's just that added like that guilt that comes from 100 from that part and that makes yeah. it makes it hard do it but naps are great this is not so good they are so good so if you can take one i mean a little bit it's not going to make up for no a a regular sleep pattern that allows for enough sleep and you're doing everything you need to do to get quality of sleep but yeah it's really good yeah they're they're great fun little like sprinkle on top yeah to kind of get you a little boost in the afternoon all right jenny I think that's all I got. What else you got? I'm going to go take a nap. Jenny's going to go take a nap. Okay, I'm going to do some work because I, <laughs> I need to. No. It's, it's Friday. I'm, I'm really going to go do work. Okay. All right. Cool. Bye. Yep. See you next time. <laughs> <laughs>